This podcast contains discussion about adult topics. Use your judgment if there are little ears around. Welcome to Doing It. This is a podcast made by Family Planning Victoria. FPV has been running for over 50 years now. We run a whole lot of education programs for communities and medical professionals across Victoria. We also run sexual health clinics in the city and Box Hill in Melbourne. My name is Anne. I'm part of the FPV schools and community team. We go to schools and run classes for all year levels on bodies, growing up, puberty, sex, babies, reproduction and relationships. This podcast is for parents and carers of school-aged children so that we can share what goes on in a relationships and sexuality education class and help support these sorts of conversations at home. Today I'm going to be asking FPV doctor Suzanne Pearson about sexually transmissible infections. Suzanne is Manager of Clinical Education at FPV. This is something that's often spoken about at the same time as contraception. You can go back and listen to that episode. When I grew up, we used the acronym STD, which was also what we called a long-distance telephone call. The D was for disease. These days, it's considered more medically accurate to use the term sexually transmissible infections, or STI. I'm going to talk to Dr. Suzanne about what STIs are and what young people need to know about them. This information is for everyone, regardless of their gender or sexual identity. If anyone is in or thinking about a sexual relationship, they should understand the potential for being exposed to STIs and how to manage those risks. Handy hint on that, use a condom. Young people need to know all about condoms, how to use them effectively. It's a really good idea to go back and have a listen to our episode all about condoms. So thanks, Suzanne, for talking to me about STIs. Oh, it's uh, great to be talking with you, Anne. Great. Uh, my first question is, what makes an STI? And can you get infections other ways as well? Well, a sexually transmissible infection is a germ that can spread through sexual contact. It usually means that the infection can spread through contact between the genitals, the anus or the mouth. Um, but STIs like HIV and hepatitis B can spread through blood as well, such as from injecting drug use. But generally just exchanging bodily fluids. Yeah, that's right. Um, what do we know about STI rates, especially among young people? Well, STI rates are tending to increase over the last few years. The Kirby Institute published really helpful information um, with data across Australia. And what they tell us is that the vast majority of infections in young people actually remain undiagnosed and untreated. And that highlights the need for testing to be routinely offered to sexually active adolescents and young adults. We know that the rates particularly of gonorrhea and syphilis have been increasing significantly in people under the age of 25 years across the last five years or so. And that's actually particularly in males. And that means it's important to improve awareness, testing and treatment for young people. The four broad categories of STI, bacterial, viral, parasite and insect, can you go over those? Yeah, the broad categories that you've listed refer to the type of germ that's actually causing the infection. Uh, the most common types of germs causing sexually transmissible infections are bacteria and viruses. So just some examples of bacterial STIs. Um, you may have heard of, of some of these terms such as chlamydia, gonorrhea and syphilis. 
And some examples of viral sexually transmissible infections are herpes, warts and HIV. A bit of a difference is that generally bacterial STIs are treated with antibiotics and we're aiming to cure that bacterial infection. For many viral STIs, we manage those infections with antiviral medication, which are aiming to suppress the infection. However, there are some viral infections such as human papillomavirus, where the body's immune system might actually completely clear the virus. You mentioned parasite and insect germs as well, but they're less common causes of STIs that we see and treat in Victoria. An example of an insect causing an STI is pubic lice. And can you get vaccines for any of the viruses? Well, there are vaccines for some STIs, but not for most STIs, unfortunately. Um, part of the National Immunisation Program include vaccinations that prevent hepatitis B and human papillomavirus. Uh, the cervical cancer vaccine includes protection from the strains of the human papillomavirus that cause cervical cancer, as well as the strains of the human papillomavirus that cause genital warts. So we've actually seen a reduction in both warts and the risk of cancer with that vaccine. And that vaccine is offered to everyone in high school, so HPV? Absolutely. So it's offered to people of, of all genders in high school. Mm. And that's something when we go to schools, young people forget they've had it or don't know what it's for. They don't know what they've been immunised for. So that's good to talk through when those forms come home with their, with your young person. Absolutely. It's a great opportunity to get those vaccinations done um, in the school setting. And if, if they're missed, they can be caught up through the general practice or community health centre. How does someone know if they have an STI? Well, some STIs often cause symptoms which will alert the person to know that they've got the infection. For instance, gonorrhea may cause a noticeable discharge from the penis or vagina, as well as pain with passing urine. However, some STIs usually don't cause symptoms at all, such as chlamydia, which is a really common STI. With chlamydia, many people only find out that they have the infection because they have a test which turns up positive. So it's really worth testing and treating chlamydia um, because it may cause fertility problems in the future for people of any gender. So I'd say a really important thing for people to understand about STIs is that we may not actually know if we have one unless we get a test. And really important to get that test because, as you said, it can have an effect on someone's fertility, even if, would it affect someone's fertility even if there's no symptoms? Yeah, that's right. So for an infection like chlamydia, there may be some underlying damage um, that's caused by the infection without the person having any symptoms. So how does testing work? Well, testing is fairly simple uh, and it often involves just a urine test or a urine and a blood test. Sometimes it also includes a swab of the vagina, throat or anus. And also some swabs can be self-collected by the person if they prefer. Guidelines recommend that all sexually active people under the age of 30 have a chlamydia test at least once a year or more often than once a year if they have a change in partner or if they have any symptoms. As well as that, after talking with a health professional, some people will be recommended to have other testing for other STIs, including HIV and syphilis with a blood test. Testing can be done at a general practice, a community health service, a family planning clinic or a sexual health clinic. And if someone does test positive, do they have to communicate that to previous sexual partners? 
often that will be part of the treatment for an STIs that will speak with the, the person about the importance of letting their previous sexual partners know so that they can be tested and treated. Uh, and also that will help to reduce the risk of that person catching the infection back again. If uh, their sexual partners are treated as well. That's right, yeah. So it will, will depend on the, the actual type of STI that's diagnosed as to how far back we recommend that people will contact their previous partners. But generally it might be something like, a, like six months um, of sexual partners that they'll contact if they're diagnosed with chlamydia, for instance. Mm. And it's helpful to know that there's even anonymous services that for this purpose to contact previous partners and say, hey, I've got an STI, it's worth getting tested. And that message goes through anonymously. So it's good for people to know that there are different ways that they can contact previous partners um, if they do have an STI. Um, for example, they may choose to tell them in person or to send them a message. There are also anonymous ways that people can uh, send a message through, uh, through a website. Um, as well as that, people can obviously talk with their health professional if they're needing uh, some support around contact tracing. And if someone does have an STI, what might treatment be? And um, what happens if a person doesn't get treatment? Treatment for the most commonly reported STI chlamydia is with an antibiotic tablet, as well as treating any sexual partners to stop that risk of reinfection. Um, other STIs have different treatments, such as antiviral medication. If a person doesn't get treatment, there's a risk of longer term health problems, such as ongoing symptoms. But the good news is that the risk of having problems is really reduced by having effective treatment and also follow-up. And one of those antiviral medications is for HIV. And I'm planning to do a whole extra episode just on those uh, HIV medications. Great. Yep. That's a, a, that's a great example of a, an, an antiviral medication that's really made a difference in terms of people's health. Do young people have to tell their parents or carers if they have an STI test or get medication for an STI? Generally, a young person doesn't need to tell their parent or carer if they have an STI test or need treatment for the STI. Um, if the health practitioner talks with the young person and decides that they're mature enough to understand the test and the treatment, then that may be sufficient. If there's thought to be a significant risk of harm for the young person, such as an abusive relationship, then the health practitioner will need to contact child protection. However, generally for most young people, it's a really good opportunity for them to see the doctor or nurse on their own and to receive helpful information about their sexual health. And doctors would ask questions about consent to ascertain uh, abuse, is that right? That's right, yeah, that's an example of one of the questions that we'd be checking um, to see whether a person was at risk of significant harm. How does a person prevent getting an STI? Oh, there are several things a person can do to reduce their risk of getting an STI. I think learning more about the sec their sexual health in general is a really good place to start. Also knowing how to access condoms and how to use them correctly is really important to reduce STI risk. Um, we've discussed vaccinations and they're really helpful at preventing some STIs, but unfortunately not all STIs. And another thing people can do is to be confident to discuss STI testing status with their partners and having a regular STI test is another good strategy to prevent infections. 
you mentioned discussing with a partner is that something that comes with a bit of shame or embarrassment to have that discussion with a partner yeah i think it still can do unfortunately there's still a bit of stigma associated with stis and so um, it's something that's really helpful if people feel like it's just a routine part of their health is to have that routine sti check and to talk to their sexual partners about whether they're up to date with their testing as well. Mm. I think that's our main message as educators in schools. We're just trying to really normalise the testing process and the availability of treatment and making all that normal rather than trying to scare people with the symptoms and things like that, because for a lot of people, there are no symptoms. So normalising that testing is really important. Yeah, look, I think that's great. And I think that really does help to make a big difference for people's sexual health. What would you want parents and carers to tell their children about STIs? It would be really wonderful if parents and carers can try and have that open communication with their young people to feel positive about their bodies, about their sexual health prevention, including condoms. And I think another thing is to encourage them to build up those skills that they need to have to be able to see a doctor or nurse for a checkup. So next time your young person needs to see a doctor, it'd be great practice for them to try and do it as independently as possible. As well as that, as we've just discussed, it really helps to reduce the stigma of STIs. So by understanding a bit more about STIs, knowing that they're quite common, but also that they generally can be treated or managed to improve a person's health is really helpful when you're talking to a young person. Thank you so much, Suzanne, for all that information today. Thanks very much. Thanks so much to Suzanne for all that information. I'm just going to pull out a few key things that stood out for me in that interview. STIs often have no symptoms for a long time, so a person might not know if they have one. Untreated. An STI can affect general health and fertility. It's recommended that a sexually active person under 30 get a test for STIs every 12 months or when they change sexual partners. Treatment is available. Condoms are the only type of contraception which protects against unintended pregnancy and STIs. Some resources worth looking up. We have information on the Family Planning Victoria website about sexually transmissible infections. Rosie Respect and Scarletine are both websites for young people providing information about sex and relationships, including information about STIs. Let Them Know is one of the anonymous STI notification services available. A GP or sexual health clinic such as Family Planning Victoria will have information on services for testing and treatment. Thanks for listening. For more information about FPV, go to fpv.org.au. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook or Twitter. Contact me directly at doingit at fpv.org.au. Subscribe to the podcast so you don't miss out. Like it if you like it. Tell your friends. Thanks so much for listening.